0: to this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you guys. Hope you're doing well. It's been a couple of weeks since we last did a podcast. I think it was right before Labor Day weekend, so it's been a couple of weeks. Didn't mean for it to be that long. Just had a lot going on. Uh, I think uh, the last time I did a podcast, uh, uh, my dad did have surgery, so I appreciate all of you guys who reached out. Uh, That's part of the reason why I have not been able to do a podcast. He's doing a lot better now. Uh, slowly taking off his, uh, his sling, had shoulder surgery, actually uh, had it from uh, Dr. Chris Bartonhouse. Uh So for those of you in the Kansas City area who know him, I uh, I mentioned this on social media. Some of you guys were actually familiar with him, which was uh, good to see. Um, he's uh, been in, in the NFL for a long time, and specifically with the Chiefs for a very long time. I think he still might be connected connected to the team, not 100% sure, but uh, that's part of the reason why I've been inactive with the podcast for a while. But doing a lot of... Live streams on the Facebook page that has not changed whatsoever. Uh, this off season, we had more, uh, more than ten thousand new followers. Just the off season, more than ten thousand new followers. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, we are less than a thousand away from forty thousand followers, and as I promised, we will be giving away a Patrick Mahomes jersey. You pick the color and the size. Uh, we are we've been doing giveaways still on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So, if you guys haven't followed me on those pages, I, I'll put the links in the description, in the uh, show description um, for you guys so you'll know uh, where to go. Uh, doing a Chiefs Kingdom Fly giveaway right now, the second round of those. And uh, the winners for that will be announced this Wednesday. All the winners will be announced every Wednesday night. So, uh, for those of you who uh, haven't noticed, that's uh, the way we're doing it. We start a new one every Friday morning, and they end five days later on Wednesday night. All right, uh, real quickly, you guys know the deal with Facebook, facebook.com. That's where a lot of my content is. Like I said, we're doing a lot of live streams. You guys have been killing it on the Facebook page. Ever, I, I say this every time, but it's it's worth repeating. But even more so ever since the season's been underway and more so on the day of, uh, of uh, Chiefs football or just any NFL football. So thank you guys so much for that. Uh, if you guys haven't, please invite your friends. I know many of you guys have already. For those of you new followers, new listeners, please, uh, get your friends on board on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, uh, at Farzine 21 on Twitter at, uh, Farzine Vesugian on Instagram. So make sure you guys are following me on there. And like I said, I'll have all that in the uh, description below. A lot to get into here. I'll react to some of the top stories in the NFL uh, since I've last uh, done a podcast. Obviously, the Chiefs are two and zero. To some people, that's a surprise because they said that the Chiefs would be terrible this year. Uh, let's see. There have been some surprises this year. Some pleasant surprises. Some wild surprises. Uh, some teams out there are two and zero, but not as good as they seem. Also, Brett Favre is in hot water. Does anyone care? I'll get into that in a moment. And also, how about those Kansas Jayhawks? And I ain't talking about basketball. What a wild time to be alive. All right, well, we're going to start with this podcast going with the Chiefs. They're 2-0, a great start to the season Dealt with some injuries in week one. Uh, More notably, they lost Harrison Butker in week two. Uh, Trent McDuffie's out for a couple of games. But the Chiefs are still taking care of business. They came out strong on Thursday Night Football. They signed a kicker off the street who missed six field goals last year with the Jets. He delivered on a couple of field goals for the Chiefs when they needed him. And, oh boy, this is the, uh, the big topic. This is the player everybody was talking about. Friday morning, Jalen Watson, the 7th round draft pick, the rookie who filled in for Trent McDuffie on Thursday night, came away with a 99-yard pick 6 with the game tied in the 4th quarter. First time that's ever happened where a player with, uh, with the game on the line goes to the house from one end zone to the other. Uh, with the game tied uh very very clutch moment by Jalen Watson uh, there was all this talk about him how just three or four years ago he was working out a Wendy's just trying to um just trying to make a living and then uh, made that huge play on Thursday Night football what a moment I mean what a moment you know seventh round draft picks undrafted players they've obviously got a chip on their shoulder because they've got a lot to prove but man Did he shine? He actually did a really good job filling in late in that Arizona game, week one. Um, So for him to shine again on Thursday night, awesome to see. Uh, Obviously, that was a big difference maker uh, where the Chiefs uh, prevented the Chargers from scoring on that drive, and they were able to to come away with a win in the end. They're 2-0 in the AFC West, or excuse me, in in the NFL, uh, but uh, they they lead the AFC West. The Chargers lost to the Chiefs. The Broncos lost in week one. The Raiders, (laughs) we got to get into the Raiders later because I was told all offseason by good old Raider Nation about how amazing the Raiders were going to be this year and how they would dominate the Chiefs and all kinds of stupid shit. That you guys are all wrong about. Uh, I'm gonna get into that. Trust me, I've got a lot to say, and I know Raiders fans are listening because they had a lot to tell me all off season long, and I'm here to dish it all back. So we're gonna have fun with that later on. But with the Chiefs, who were allegedly going to be terrible this year because they don't have Tyree Kill anymore, the complete opposite's happening. Patrick Mahomes has thrown seven touchdowns and no interceptions. I'm gonna repeat that last stat for you. No interceptions through two games and people just want to bitch and moan about the uh, dropped interception or the bad call by the refs uh, on the Asante Samuel one. That was a clear drop. You can see a couple of his fingers curling up, trying to secure the football so he doesn't even have possession and the ball hits the ground. Uh, the last replay they showed Uh, Right after the referee uh, Hussey, I think it was, announced the the, uh, overturned call was the best angle they showed. And there was this uh, pool reporter from Pro Football Writers of America, which I used to be a part of when I was a journalist, um, who's asking the – and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's asking the VP of officiating in the NFL – uh, about uh, you know whether Amazon did not have an angle or what angle they showed, dude. Did you not see the replay they showed right after the referee announced the overturned call? Because that clearly indicated. And by the way, you have Mina Kimes from ESPN trying to build a case as to why that was a bad call by the referees. And Mike Florio, he he's obviously bitter about anything good that happens to the Chiefs, so he's bitter about it and is calling out instant replay when instant replay clearly shows that it was a clear drop. So Patrick Mahomes, and by the way, on a free play, Mahomes throws a pick. People are upset about it. Man, you guys just really, here's the thing. Here's what's so funny about the Chiefs. I know they were the media darling a few years ago because they faced Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game and they faced Brady and the Bucs in the Super Bowl and no one wants to see Brady keep winning over and over again, which he's not really going to do much of anymore given how he's playing now, and I'll get to that later. But what is it about the Chiefs? And I know Mahomes has this unconventional style uh, playing the quarterback position, he even, there was even this anonymous coach, uh, probably someone who's never beaten Mahomes, uh, who wanted to be anonymous. Uh, so, some coach who called it street ball, um, as if it's a bad thing. I mean, listen, if street ball is what you call that, I'm glad my quarterback's playing street ball because it's winning a lot of games for the Chiefs lately. He's been to the AFC Championship game every year as a starter, every single year as a starting quarterback. The Chiefs are just doing all these things. When Mahomes wins a coin toss and benefits from the overtime rules that a lot of people don't agree with, it's an issue. Everyone's talking about it. People are crying wolf, Um, which, listen, I don't have an issue with the overtime rules. I actually liked sudden death way better, uh, to be honest. But when Mahomes lost the coin toss to Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, uh, the the Chiefs were... uh, were asking for the league to change the rules on that and they didn't get enough votes to get that changed and people were mocking the chiefs saying that's why uh the chiefs were using that as an excuse and you know what I agreed with a lot of the criticism I'd never blamed that loss on the overtime rules or the coin toss or same the 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 Saints are complaining about uh uh a misinterference call and and that same day, that same day, in the NFC Championship game to the Rams, yet they won. First of all, they got away with a brutal face mask on Jared Goff in that game, and they won the coin toss in overtime that day and threw an interception when Mahomes beats the uh, Bills. Everyone's complaining. Oh, he! It's because he! Um, it's because he benefited from the overtime rules. Really? Not because the Bills failed uh, in the last 13 seconds of that game in regulation. But the following week, when Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs won the coin toss, he throws a pick, and no one's saying anything then about the overtime rules because Mahomes lost. See, when Mahomes goes out there, has a big game, and Pro Football Focus has their lame uh, grading system, which, by the way, after this week, I get their grading system. They, they're basically penalizing Mahomes because he has a great system around him. Okay, I get your grading system, but it's a flawed system. Uh, And and then the adjusted score from Pro Football Focus. Just a bunch of clowns. Listen, I like Pro Football Focus. uh, But you know what? I said this earlier, and I don't mean to get too off topic here. I'll get back to the subject at, at hand. Pro Football Focus is doing this intentionally. They know that Chiefs fans are going to get fired up over this. And you know what? If I was the one who ran Pro Football Focus, I would tell all the writers and the graders, whatever... To do it to intentionally lower Mahomes' grade and do these adjusted scores because they know it's going to be attention for them. So good on Pro Football Focus. They got Chiefs fans' attention. Um, listen, their grades have never made sense. Aaron Rodgers once threw five touchdowns against the Chiefs and they gave him a bad grade because he threw an interception on a free play. Um, I, I mean, it's Pro Football Focus. I I take. I like Pro Football Focus because of their premium sets that you cannot find anywhere else. I do take their grades more to heart with offensive linemen and defensive coverage because that stuff, I'm not going to pretend like I know across the NFL. Who's the best cover guy? Who's the best offensive guard? Who's the best left tackle? Who's the best right tackle? I use PFF for that stuff, man. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I, I know that stuff across the world. But as far as like quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, I mean, come on. We can all do that without the PFF grades but anyway you get the idea listen and i'm not one of those fans i've never been one to be oh us against everyone and i don't think that's the case it's really not um chiefs fans were complaining about the officiating saying that the officials wanted the chargers to win yet chargers fans are complaining about the officials saying that they wanted the chiefs to win it's just funny how fandom works and how fans view things uh left and right it's just it's it's, it's fandom i guess uh, but I'm not like that. Uh I I I'm never one to complain about the refs or think that the NFL's out to get the Chiefs. The same people thought that the, Chief, the Chiefs fans thought that the NFL wanted the Bengals to win. Really? You really think the NFL wants the Cincinnati fucking Bengals to win? What? Anyway, um the whole thing with Mahomes, like fans are are now complaining because he's getting away with dropped interceptions. Uh, he, got, he got away with the overtime rules by winning the coin toss and scoring on the first play a couple times last season. I mean, people are just complaining about everything that Mahomes is supposedly getting away with. And I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans admit, and I appreciate these Chiefs fans who've been honest, this is how they reacted with Brady for a long time. You know, some of the um, analysis out there, not from me, from those out there in the national media, they're saying that the Chargers were still the better team coming out of Thursday night. And I just think that's dumb. How can you be the better team when you blew a 10-0 lead and you lost? I remember the Chiefs. They uh, were on the road. This was Patrick Mahomes' first ever loss in the NFL. The Chiefs lost to the Patriots on Sunday night football. And Stephen A. Smith, the next day, uh, on ESPN said that the Chiefs were the better team than the Patriots. I'm sorry, that does not make me feel any better. Listen, in Kansas City, now maybe 10 years ago this would be the case, but moral victories are really not a thing here in Kansas City anymore. I don't care that we supposedly looked better even though we lost. And I remember uh, hearing that from Stephen A., I'm like... Is that supposed to make me feel better? Because if if anything, it makes me feel even worse as a fan. If we were the better team, we should have won that game. Uh, so for anyone out there that wants... I, I think there are a lot of people, too, that predicted the Chiefs were going to do terrible, and now they're bitter, and they don't even know how to react or how to really talk about the team. So they want to take away credit as much as they can, whenever they can. Uh, I guarantee you, the Chiefs are going to blow out the Colts next week, and they're going to take credit away from the Chiefs. But... Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got all these excuses coming up left and right. I, I'm curious to know what the excuse will be in a few weeks when the Chiefs are uh, in the top tier of the AFC once again. And they, they're going to look like that team that's going to host the AFC Championship game for a fifth consecutive year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And these people who keep who kept saying all offseason long that the Chiefs are in, uh, that the Chiefs are going to be terrible they're in for a very long year they're already fresh a lot of them are very quiet the ones that are not quiet are basically complaining about the refs that's it that is it by the way uh a lot of people said the Chiefs schedule was very very scary this year and i listen i had no issues with it the Chiefs have always dealt with a tough schedule uh ever since they keep finishing in first place in the division uh, which, by the way, I think is such an overrated aspect of the game for two reasons. Number one, the rest of the division is essentially facing the same teams with the exception of three. It used to be two because of the 16-game format. Now it's three. Uh, or now it's 17. So the Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers, they play the same teams Uh, 14 out of the 17 games. Now, it may not be the same location, but that's fine. Um you're still playing the same 14 teams out of 17. So the schedule is not that astronomically difficult and different than the Raiders or the Broncos per se. Okay? Meanwhile, um, I'm looking at the Chiefs schedule right now. Two weeks ago, yeah, I I, I agreed it was a tough schedule. Right now, it's not. By the way, I forgot my second point. Another reason why it's such an overrated aspect, the whole strength of schedule is based on how teams did last year. Now, again, I, I understand that, you know, we, we can't talk about uh, several years ago because that has nothing. I, I, I'm not one that's all about historical context and historical patterns. Um, but in terms of the most recent season, sure, last year does have some relevancy. But eventually that goes away quickly, too, once you get into the new season. Um, folks, I'm looking at the Chiefs' schedule right now. I- I'm going to read you some of the teams, and you tell me what's what's scary to you. The Rams? Oh, they're not really the same dominant team as before. The Bengals? What the fuck is going on there? Joe Burrow sacked. 15 times. I'm just wondering if Joe Burrow is going to even make it to the end of the season at this point. Uh, They lost to a backup quarterback two weeks in a row. Trubisky is is a backup at this point. I I don't care how many career starts he's had. The guy is a backup quality-wise. And then they lost to Cooper Rush uh, when the Cowboys were the only team in week one that did not score a touchdown uh, out of all the uh, 32 teams. The Broncos, <laughs> they're a joke. Um, they won on Sunday uh, against the Texans. That's cool. Uh, wasn't really an impressive win, uh, but a win is a win. I've always said that many times. Uh, but Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, what kind of a coaching gaffe was that for an NFL debut? By the way, the Chiefs play the Broncos not once, but twice in the final five or six weeks ...of the regular season. That is when the playoff race heats up. And those are two very easy, winnable games for the Chiefs late in the season. And that is going to help the Chiefs a lot when the playoff race heats up. Look, I'm a huge fan of Pete Carroll, but the Seahawks aren't going very far this year. I'm also a huge fan of Mike Vrabel, and I had high hopes from the Titans... Uh, because of Derrick Henry, and also because of Mike Vrabel, because I'm a big fan of his, and I think the Titans will bounce back, but this is not going to be their year. I don't see them being very competitive this season. The 49ers just dealt with an unfortunate injury with Trey Lance, which, by the way, even before that, I did not see the 49ers being a team that would compete anyway with Trey Lance. Now they're back to Jimmy Garoppolo. a very crazy turn of events going back to Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a reason why the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and wanted to start him ahead of Jimmy G, and they're going to even find a trade partner for Jimmy G, which I guess is good for them, but not a whole lot because Jimmy G is the guy they wanted to move on from, and now that he's, he's back to the starting role for the 49ers. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, have you seen Tom Brady this year? Throwing all kinds of temper tantrums on Sunday against the Saints, which the Saints, by the way, absolutely should have won that football game, but because they have an incompetent quarterback in Jameis Winston, which Saints fans told me he was going to be amazing. Funny how that's working out so far for the Saints. Um, Yeah. Uh, the Saints should have won that football game. Brady is benefiting from an amazing defense. They couldn't even beat the 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 Cowboys. They couldn't even blow out the Cowboys. Again, I, I mentioned a team that did not have a touchdown in week one, and the Bucks barely beat them. It wasn't even uh, a blowout, which should have been a blowout. So Brady, unless he steps up, Mahomes and the Chiefs should be able to win that game on Sunday Night Football in a couple of weeks. The Colts... That's what the Chiefs play next week. They look like a complete disaster. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars just completely fluttered them all day long on Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs are blowing them out next week. I'm just saying that right now. The Chiefs are absolutely blowing them out next week. So the Chiefs schedule is pretty damn easy uh, moving forward. There's nothing scary about the Chiefs schedule uh, big picture-wise. I think the Jaguars are going to be better uh than a lot of teams expected uh the chargers at at, at la that's gonna be a tough one the chargers are the only team in this division that really scare me honestly uh let's see here you have i had the chiefs i i I only wrote down the the uh, opponents that the chiefs should not really be afraid of and by the way here's the thing they're going to drop a game that maybe they shouldn't lose that happens to uh all the good teams uh but yeah they're gonna visit the chargers that'll be tough uh let's see oh the bills yeah they play the bills uh in week six that'll be a tough one at home uh and the jaguars that is it maybe the rams maybe that'll be a tough one uh they're they're kind of one I mean they they've had two different looks so far uh, in two weeks but man this is not the scary schedule everyone thought it was going to be this is not the gauntlet everyone thought it was going to be and these uh same people who said that the Chiefs were going to struggle and uh be terrible without Tyree Kill they're in for a long season they are in for a very very long season by the way, I didn't mention the Raiders on that schedule who the Chiefs have yet to play twice. They'll be playing them in, uh, in a few weeks on Monday Night Football. That'll be a fun one because we know what kind of a team the Raiders are right now. They're not a great team. Let's talk about the, the Raiders, shall we? <laughs> uh, they got destroyed in week one. Oh, okay, I shouldn't say destroyed. It ended up being a close game, but they they were. Justin Herbert had an easy time with the Raiders in that one. Uh, Raiders fans, by the way, told me, like they do every year, that their team this year is a lot better, and that this is their year, and that this is Derek Carr's year, but the reason that this year is different is because he's finally got a great system around him and great players around him. They got Devontae Adams, which played a huge role in Tyreek Hill leaving the AFC West because Adams got a big contract, Hill wanted a bigger contract, and the Chiefs said no, so that forced him out of the AFC West, and Raiders fans told me all off-season long how they were going to run shit in this division. Where are we at right now? Because the Chiefs are 2-0 above the entire AFC West, all alone, and the Raiders, like normal, are in the basement of the AFC West two weeks into the season. By the way, these are the same Raiders fans that refuse to give the Chiefs any credit whatsoever for Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdown passes in a win last week because, quote, it's Arizona. Well, what do you know? The Raiders, in typical Raiders fashion, choked to the Arizona Cardinals, a team that the Chiefs beat and was supposedly not impressive enough. ESPN gave the Raiders a 97% win probability, and they lost. Want to know why? Two words. Derek Carr. I'm tired of telling you Raiders fans over and over and over again and being right about it. Well, I'm not tired about being right about it. That's just normal for me. You guys kept saying I was wrong, but you can't give a valid reason as to why. Derek Carr has been the common denominator this entire time for the Raiders. Oh, but Farzine, he has 30 career comeback wins. Woohoo! 30 career comeback wins. How many playoff wins has that led to? And by the way, do you know why the Raiders keep coming back from behind? Because Derek Carr puts them in that position with all those pick sixes he throws and all those slow starts the Raiders have to get off to. So they have to rally late so many times. Mahomes has been in that position because he's been involved in some back and forth games. I know the Chiefs have blown some leads and I put that more on Andy Reid than Mahomes. But right now, you're going to tell me Derek Carr is some great guy because he's uh, he he's, uh, has what 30 career comeback wins? Okay, and that's translated to zero playoff wins. So, what does that even mean ultimately? Um, sure, you want some regular season padded stats? Great. That's what you're accomplishing if that's your goal. Your mission accomplished, Raiders fans. Congratulations. You got all these career comeback wins since 2014. Uh, so, yeah, good on you. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have the most wins. Since they drafted Patrick Mahomes the same year they went from John Dorsey to Brett Veach as their general manager. Those are far more significant stats than comeback wins in the regular season. By the way, these are both regular season and playoff wins. The Chiefs have more of those than any team in the NFL since 2017. The Raiders have done everything, and I mean everything, to try to improve. They've changed coaches, they've changed many players, many players have come and gone, many coaches have come and gone, but they've kept Derek Carr this entire time, and they still cannot win football games, they still cannot get that playoff win. Derek Carr is the common denominator. He is holding the Raiders back, and he's the reason why the Raiders aren't winning. They gave him Devontae Adams. They chased Tyreek Hill out of the AFC West because Tyreek wanted more than Adams, which, by the way, I would say Adams and Hill are the two best receivers in the, in the NFL right now. Some might say Adams. Some might say Hill. Whatever. They're the two best right now. Uh, one came in to the Raiders, and one was with the Chiefs and left. Uh However, the team that gained Devontae Adams, they're 0-2, and the team that lost Tyreek Hill is 2-0. So why is it that the Raiders got everything they needed? They gave they gave Derek Carr this great system, this great coaching staff, th- this great unit around him. As Raiders fans have told me many times, how is it that uh, they got everything they needed, but they they lo- they they're, they're not winning? They haven't won a single game this year. Tell me, Raiders fans, why? Because you guys told me it was going to be a great year for the Raiders. You guys were all over me on my Facebook page, telling me that Derek Carr was going to thrive and that Mahomes was going to fail utterly without Tyree Kill because of how difficult the schedule was from the get-go. Yet, for whatever reason, even though they played the Cardinals from the get-go, they don't get credit for beating uh, a team in the Cardinals who made the playoffs last year, which, again, take it for whatever you will, because it was last year. But people are saying, nope, it's the Cardinals. Um, yeah. The same people are, who are saying that are the same ones, the fan, the fan base, that just watched their team b- b- pretty much choke in disgrace to the Cardinals. You were up 20 nothing, and you lost to the Raiders. want well, to know why you lost that game. Because Derek Carr could not close it out for you. Nope. Could not close it out for you. All these people said Mahomes would do terrible and that Carr would be amazing and he'd shine this year. Nope, not the case. Uh, Oh, and the best part, the Raiders extended Derek Carr in the offseason. So you're stuck with him for a few more years. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you guys know you're wrong. Uh, But again, don't be mad at me for this. I mean, I'm I'm just telling you guys the truth and you guys cannot take the truth. Uh, It it upsets you guys when when I tell you this. So not my problem. I'm happy about it. Someone who's not happy about the start to the season, Baker Mayfield, 0-2 with his new team, the Carolina Panthers. Lost to the Browns in week one without Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson lost to the Broncos in week one. Okay, look, I'm not going to sit here and say who won what trade on in week one. But I will say this. A lot of times, the winners and losers will be determined uh, for a trade, will be determined in head-to-head competition. Baker Mayfield just lost to his former team without Deshaun Watson there. Uh, Listen, I'm with a lot of you guys and how ridiculous it is that the uh, Browns were all in on Deshaun Watson while under investigation, and we know how that went. Uh, The guy claimed his innocence, yet he was somehow okay with accepting an 11-game suspension. That's interesting. Uh, And Browns fans, I mean, it's a disgrace what that fan base has turned into. They're out there. Actually, defending this—I mean, there are tailgates saying consensual sex is um, is not illegal, something I, I, something to that effect. They're basically uh, defending Deshaun Watson and echoing his attorney's comments. Uh, but hey, uh, Baker Mayfield—he lost to the Browns in Week One without Deshaun Watson. So, if anything, uh, the Browns did win that battle. Uh, but they're still the Browns at the end of the day. They they, they just choked to the Jets of all teams, by the way. The uh, the Broncos with Russell Wilson losing to the Seahawks in week one. I mean, look, not only did you lose, it wasn't even that impressive of a performance in a debut for the in a Broncos jersey for Russell Wilson. And, excuse me, I know uh, the Broncos came away with a, a win over the uh, Texans. Wasn't a very impressive win either. It was a team that tied the Colts last week. So, the Broncos, um, you know, Again, in the uh, Panthers, uh, did they win or did they lose the trade? Again, it's too early to say, but at the same time, the uh, winners and losers of of a trade will be determined by whether or not, uh, basically how you do against uh, your former team. Baker Mayfield lost to his former team, and so did Russell Wilson. By the way, you want to talk about Devontae Adams going to the Raiders and now being 0 and 2 And Tyreek Hill leaving the Chiefs. We obviously mentioned the Chiefs are 2-0. And by the way, Dolphins are 2-0. Impressive. Uh, Six touchdowns for Tua. Uh, I've also seen Mitchell Trubisky throw six touchdowns. Uh, So, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm, I'm recording this right after Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers just won a game without Devontae Adams. A lot of people said he would struggle without Devontae Adams. Interesting how that's turning out. Interesting how that's turning out. Um, Those are uh, some of the interesting uh, starts to the season. Uh, The Giants, 2-0. Boy, who saw that one coming? Um, They've drafted terribly lately, and they've got off to a good start. But, hey, Brian Dable doing some things there. Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, former Chiefs quarterbacks coach. So the Giants, uh, certainly the biggest surprise. In the uh, NFL pleasant surprise that is uh, when it comes to teams that are doing better than expected the, the, the biggest surprise to me has to be the Bengals. I mean this is a team that thrived last year uh, had that come from behind win not once but twice against the Chiefs regardless how it happened they still did it and uh, all that talk about Joe Burrow possibly being the first ever to win a Heisman a national championship and a Super Bowl and now here he is having maybe one of the worst starts in NFL history. 15 sacks, all these turnovers. Uh, just an abysmal start for uh, for uh, Joe Burrow. I've seen terrible quarterbacks not even start like this. It's crazy. Really crazy. Brett Favre. Let's talk about him for a moment. He is in some hot water. Or is he really? Let me ask a better question. Who cares? Who cares? Because when... He had the addiction going on when he was sending those inappropriate text messages to that Jets uh, female reporter. That was not enough for people to criticize him. So why would this be enough to criticize Brett Favre? Uh, I don't watch a lot of these TV shows, First Things First, uh, Undisputed, First Take, whatever. All these guys who yell at each other and wave their hands at one another to, to make it seem like they're right Uh, But I did watch the YouTube clip of Shannon Sharp's comments on Brett Favre. And he did some fantastic research, by the way. Uh, He mentioned that uh, the state of Mississippi is the poorest state in the United States. And Brett Favre, in the state of Mississippi, stole money from uh, uh, from their funding uh, that poor people actually need for his daughter's volleyball facility. A volleyball facility. And listen, I'm all for college students. For these kids to get the best facility possible. Uh, And look, you can focus on. You can do multiple things. You can help the poor. And also um, help a volleyball facility the right way without stealing money. The same people who are not attacking Favre are the same ones. Nick Wright mentioned this years ago. They're the same ones who said Terrell Owens did not deserve to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer because of his immature actions during his time in the NFL. But Brett Favre, with the addiction and the text messages, no problem, he deserves to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Nick Wright mentioned that years ago on Colin Cowherd's show. The same people who are not attacking Brett Favre are the same ones attacking Colin Kaepernick for kneeling. Uh, I mean, come on. I don't care what your politics are, by the way. I know that already offends some people just even making that comparison. Uh, but listen, I mean, just just think of the logic here. Let's not criticize the guy who stole millions from uh, millions of dollars uh, for funding for a czar's volleyball team, or sent inappropriate text messages for uh, to the Jets reporter, or the addiction situation. But let's attack the guy who kneeled peacefully during the anthem. Let's attack a guy who uh, behaved immaturely around his teammates. Uh, During his playing years, but no, let's not attack Favre. No. Uh, Listen, uh, no one cares that Favre is in hot hot water right now, and it'll be swept under the rug, just like his other past incidents. Hate to say it, but just watch, nothing's gonna. It's it's kind of like the uh, Britt Reid thing. Uh, He he pleaded guilty, which is interesting because he pleaded not guilty before, which is just asinine. Um, And the guy's living a free life after damn near killing a girl, uh, admitting to drinks and uh, uh, taking Adderall, and yet there's a possibility that this guy's going to face a minimum punishment. Um, Imagine that. Hey, hey, benefits when you're uh, the son of a future Hall of Famer. I mean, you you can get some things in your favor, I guess. Uh, By the way, the biggest surprise, not in the NFL but in college football, KU football. What? They're 3-0. and oh. Huh? They received 23 AP votes. They're not ranked, but they received 23 AP votes. <laughs> what? They play. Here's the crazy part. They play Duke. Kansas versus 3-0 Duke. Undefeated Kansas versus undefeated Duke in, not basketball, football. And KU, uh, last week they were the highest scoring football team in in, in college football. Let me quickly check, uh, because I did not check this uh, beforehand. I should have. Are they still... Uh, how do I look this up? Bear with me. Cause I want to know for sure. Are they still the highest scoring uh, football team in college football points per game? Okay. No, they're not. Uh, they're the third highest scoring team. 53 points per game. Michigan is averaging 55.3 points per game. And James Madison Dukes, 53.5 points per game, and KU's right behind them. KU, by the way, they received more uh, AP votes than LSU, if you can even imagine that. Uh, Times are changing, people. Uh, KU football, off to an amazing start, obviously. And a big part of that has to do with Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold, you are the man. Uh, But there's already some bad news coming with this because... With Nebraska uh, firing Scott Frost, which was about time. We've gone over this before, so I'm not going to go detailed into that. And Arizona State just fired Herm Edwards. I do want to comment on that because obviously Herm's a former chief, so I, I found uh, that a little inter- interesting. Um, but you got some uh, some schools out there that are going to try to steal Lance Leipold away from Kansas. Look, uh, I don't know what needs to be done. Because this is by far the best KU has looked by miles. You look at the road wins that Charlie Weiss, Turner Gill, Les Miles, and who was the other one? David Beatty had? Lance Leipold already has more road wins than all of those guys combined. KU needs to do whatever needs to be done to keep Leipold in Kansas. You cannot afford to lose this guy. After everything. You have been able to. To to, to do at this point. It's not much at the moment. But it's going to get better. I, I mean KU's got to fight to, to keep him. I, I Pay him more. I, I, whatever you need to do. Get Bill Self. As part of the uh, committee. To convince him to stay. Jalen Daniels by the way. A baller. Very similar to Lamar Jackson's style of play and that has really helped KU uh the games are about to get a little tougher so we'll see how KU does when they start facing more big 12 teams by the way uh they beat West Virginia in overtime by 13 points how many teams have won by 13 points in overtime someone's got to know that stat that that's got to be out there somewhere it's got to be But, yeah, I mean, mean, it's great to see KU thriving like this. Uh, Just how how do you keep the guy? Because I don't want to call Kansas a a stepping stone, but Kansas is not a a job many want. So how do you keep Lance Leipold and not let him leave Kansas after all the progress he's made? Which, again, is not a whole – it is a lot. But there's more to be done, Okay. How do you how do, you do this if you're Kansas? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I do know someone who has the answer. And I'm going to try to get that person on the podcast soon. Because I know that person will have the answer to it. So stay tuned for that one. I'll either do it on the podcast or for a live stream. We'll see. Uh, okay, last thing I want to touch on here. Uh, Herm Edwards, obviously former Kansas City Chief, was fired by the Chiefs in 2008. So he had not coached for quite some time after going to ESPN and being an analyst for them for nine years. Uh, Before going back to coaching at Arizona State, he was fired after the Eastern Michigan loss, which was a very embarrassing loss. And a lot of people in the Arizona media said that he is in hot water and is on, on a short leash, but ended up being a quick turnaround as he is fired now by ASU. Why, though? For one bad loss, Arizona State finished below 500 twice in the last three years before Herm Edwards arrived. Herm has never finished below 500 during his time at ASU. He took them to three bowl games, uh, finished one and two, obviously not good, could be better. And now he's fired for one bad loss. Um, Someone educate me because I don't follow college sports too closely, especially uh, out West uh, with Arizona. But ASU, I I mean, mean, look, they were an up and down program before Herm Edwards. So for Herm to come there again, who had not been coached since he was fired by the Chiefs, he put together a winning program there. Um, Arizona State never finished below 500 under Herm Edwards, except for this year, which was only three games. So I'm a little confused as to why they pulled the trigger so quickly after this Eastern Michigan loss. Was it that terrible of a loss? Was something happening behind closed doors that we don't know about? Something, Something had to have gone down for this to happen like this. Three games into the season, one and two, and a loss to Eastern Michigan. It's over. I don't know. Maybe they were expecting much more from Herm. Um, I, I I don't know. If anyone is an Arizona State fan or if they follow college football very closely, tell me, please, uh, educate me on this. Because I I'll, I admit, I, and I don't like to talk about things that I don't uh, know much about. Uh, But just going off his win-loss record, man, and comparing it to some of the recent years before Herm got there, kind of a surprise that one loss uh, and their firing, one bad loss, I should say, leads to the termination of Herm Edwards. Found that very interesting. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farscast. We're doing the giveaway on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Check the uh, links below in the description. Follow me on there. Check out the pin post very simple instructions a lot of some people are not following them and not doing them right so do them correctly farzing vasugian on instagram at farzine 21 on twitter farzing uh, facebook.com on facebook be sure you guys follow me on facebook we're doing a lot of content on there more so on there than this podcast so we're doing a lot of live streams on there uh, please make sure you're following me because that's where a lot of the content is going to be, on the Facebook page. So make sure you are following me and invite your friends at facebook.com and make sure you guys enter uh, for a chance to win for the uh, giveaways. Other than that, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.